Morse code. Oh, really? <laughs> All right. Well, this looks like almost the crowd this morning for class. Glad each one of you are here this morning for our class. Hope everybody's had a good week. We've certainly had some beautiful weather, haven't we? And take, enjoy this while we can. <clears throat> Humidity will set in one day. <laughs> anyway. Anyone have anybody uh, that's not listed in the bulletin that we need to pray for? I know uh, La Monica, oh, excuse me. Yeah, Monica Brady, she was in the hospital, uh, what, two days? She's in there two days. She was discharged last evening. Uh, she's home, not doing well, and she just texted uh, Kathy that her son Trey is having some real severe pain in his side and may have to take him to Children's Hospital today. So that family's having a lot of problems. <clears throat> So let's keep them in our prayers, okay? If you would, bow with me for a prayer. Father, we're thankful for the blessings that you've given us today for another day of life, and we thank you for the good night's rest that we had last night, for the beautiful weather that, we've, uh, that you've given us, that we can be out and be about our lives and be working and doing things, Father, that needs to be done. We're thankful for the time we can be together as your children today, that we can look into your word and be edified by it. We pray that we will treasure the word that you've given us. So many people in the world today do not have the blessings that we have of having your word, and we just pray that you'll continue to bless us, help us, Father, to love it, store it up in our hearts, and live it out in our lives. Thank you for each one that's here today. We pray your blessings upon each one of them. These things we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to be uh, looking at uh, today some of the blessings of justification. Uh, I just went through the book of Romans, wrote down everything that I could see about a blessing that we received from being justified. Uh, as we talked about, you know, justification is something that should be very precious to each one of us as children of God if we've been justified, if we have been acquitted of our guilt of sin, and God has imputed his righteousness to us. What a blessing that is to each one of us. And to me, as I, as I look into, you know, study about uh, and teach about justification, I really believe that God wants us as his children to be full of joy. And I think that if we really understand what God has done for us, our lives will be filled with joy, not only with joy, but also with peace and uh, uh, rest, as it were. And we have freedom in Christ. Uh, what a blessing that is. Paul says, for freedom did Christ set us free. <laughs> Let us not be again entangled in the yoke of bondage. 
He's talking about the Jews and the bondage that they were under, but also that would relate to us as children of God who have, were in bondage to sin. We've been set free to be able to be servants of God and be His uh, children. So, and I also, when we study this, I hope we get this out of it, that we are secure. That we are secure as God's people as long as we are living by faith and putting our trust in Him and walking in the light as He is in the light. Then we can be confident of our salvation. We don't have to doubt it because it's not us that's, that's made it all possible, but God has made it all possible through Jesus Christ, right? And so, to me, this is very important for those of us who have been justified knowing that, that we have that guarantee of eternal life if we remain faithful unto death. And so, I hope that each one of you has that confidence that God has, uh, wants us to have as His children, that we can look forward to being with Him, with the Son, with all the redeemed one day in heaven. Anybody got any comment, com- comments before we, st- before we start? Anything you'd like to say? All right. I want to go through these, and I'm going to run through them fairly briefly this morning, and then we'll come back maybe and pick up a few of those that uh, we're going to be talking about in our class today. Some of the blessings of justification. I want you to look at Romans chapter 4. He was talking about David, Romans 4 verse 6. David describes the blessedness of the man of, of whom God imputes righteousness apart from works, saying, blessed. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Boy, he said a mouthful right there, didn't he? Who is the blessed man? Who is the blessed person? All right. Right there he said about three things, didn't he? If we're in Christ, of course we're justified if we're in Christ. But he says three things there that I think are very vital and very important to us to understand. That is, a person is blessed if his sins are covered, right? Or his iniquities or lawless deeds are covered. Isn't that a blessing? To know that once we were sin and lost in sin and condemned, but now, you know, our sins were exposed to the eyes of God, but now, if we're justified, our sins are covered. What does that mean? Without sin also means what? Those sins are concealed from whose eyes? From God's eyes, right? I mean, God chooses chooses not to see our sins once we've been justified, right? And to me, that's a blessing, knowing that my sins are covered. But he also says the man is blessed whose sins are forgiven. That word forgiven means to send away, remit, send away. When we're justified, what does God do with our sins? Sends it away, covers our sins. You know, remember the scapegoat? Confess the sins over that scapegoat. And what did they do with the scapegoat? Send him out on the wilderness. 
God was signifying that he was sending their sins, what? Far away. As the east is from the west, so far as God removed our sins from us. So, a man is blessed or a person is blessed if their sins are covered, if their sins are sent away, and if God imputes to them what? He's talking about Romans chapter 4. God imputing to Abraham, God imputing to David, what? His righteousness, right? We're not righteous in and of ourselves, and there's no way that we can earn our way to heaven, no way we can be good enough to get to heaven on our own, but God imputes or reckons or counts His righteousness to us, right? If we're in Christ, whose righteousness do we have? Talk to me. <laughs> what? We have His righteousness. He's made unto us righteousness from God. He brings out in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. So Christ is our righteousness. And we, we read in Galatians 3, 26 and 27, as many of you as were baptized into Christ did put on Him. Put on Christ like putting on a robe. Okay? So we're covered in His righteousness. And when God looks upon us, what does he see? Who does he see? <laughs> he sees Christ. He doesn't see our sins, but he sees what? Righteousness. Who's righteous? Not mine, but that imputed righteousness which God gives to us through Jesus Christ. When we by faith have put our trust in him. So <laughs> I hope you can understand what I'm trying to say. But this is something I think is, you know, is marvelous, is wonderful. I, I, I don't really, I can't get my mind wrapped around how God would do that for us. But that's the way he worked it out in his divine plan. That we might be able to be right before his eyes, to stand right before him. And so it's imperative that we're in Christ because if we're in Christ, then we are robed in the righteousness of Christ. And God does not see us, and I want to say this, you may take issue with it, God doesn't see us anymore as a sinner, but what? One of his children, or as a saint. What's a saint? A saint is one that's been what? Set apart, right? Consecrated unto God. And so God sees us differently than what he saw us before. Because we're in Christ, enrobed in His righteousness. He has imputed to us His righteousness. Look at Romans chapter 4. Uh, he talks about that. Now, now, there's about 11 times he uses this word account, count, or counted, uh, reckoned, so forth, in Romans chapter 4. But you go down, he's talking about the righteousness that God imputed to Abraham and David. But you go down to about verse uh, 22. He's talking about Abraham. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. What was accounted to him for righteousness? His faith. His faith was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, faith equals righteousness. If we got faith in God, that means that God reckons us to be righteous, accounts us to be righteous. And it goes ahead and says in verse 23, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it might be imputed to him. For whose sake is it? Ours. Ours. 
so we can look at Abraham, we can look at David and see how God counted them to be right before his eyes by imputing to them his righteousness. And he said it wasn't just for them that God imputed righteousness, but it's also to us, his people. And that's through Jesus Christ. The faithful. Always the faithful, right? Always the faithful. All right. So, God imputes that righteousness to us. But the beautiful thing about it is, if you go ahead and read Romans chapter 4, in uh, verse 8, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not do what? (laughs) I like this word impute, (laughs) reckon. Blessed is the man. A man is blessed if God does not impute sin to him. Now, how does that happen? What does that mean? All right, if we're justified, our sins are covered. God God has imputed His righteousness to us. God sent our sins far away. We're now robed in the righteousness of Christ. But does that mean we do not sin or cannot sin? No. But if we're justified and are robed in the righteousness of Christ, what happens when we do sin? Not intentionally. We're not talking about willful sin. Because we, if we sin willfully, we are a sinner, not a saint, right? Recovered. But if God does not impute our sin to us when we sin after we've been justified, what does that mean, impute? What does it mean? Put down to our record. Before we were justified, we had a record. We're sinners. A record. After we're justified, what happened to that, that record? Blotted out. Acts 3, verse 19. Blotted out. Erased. The record is clean. How does God keep that record clean? How do we keep it clean? Huh? It's His blood. We've seen that, but we're justified by His blood, justified by the grace of God, justified by His life, justified by faith, right? And so in order for me to live a life where I, my record's still clean, what have I got to do? I've got to walk in the light. If I say I have no sin, I deceive myself and the truth's not in me, right? First John. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and righteous to do what? Forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from a few sins? All my sins. So what happens to my record? Clean. As long as I do what? And there's always that big, that little word that's the biggest word in the Bible, if. (laughs) If we do what? If we keep on keeping on walking in the light. If. We keep on having faith in Him, right? And not trying to justify ourselves, but just rejoicing in the fact that God has justified us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Any comments?
Well, I know, I'm, you know, when you delve into this, you know, you, you know, I go back to Romans chapter 11, oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His ways, stretching out, so forth, you know. But when you get into it, you, I, don't, I don't think you can dig, dig, <laughs> dig deep enough to really fathom everything about it. But what God has revealed to us, we can lay hold of that and... Uh, our lives will be transformed by it, I think. And I think that's what we're looking for, a transformation of our lives where we can be at peace with ourselves, but first of all, peace with God and peace with ourselves, and also rest in the fact that we're going to make it to heaven because of what God has promised us. Okay. Okay, anybody else? Absolutely. Yeah, we got we got to we we just got to detest sin, right? We can't. We you know we don't want to sin. We ought to hate it, despise it. Really, what did it cost God? Shows you how bad He hated sin, right? Sent His Son. What did it cost Jesus? It cost Him His life. So sin is that which separates us from God, and sin will send us to hell. It brings upon us the wrath of God. So we've got to hate sin. I appreciate your comment. Jim. You bet. All of sin falls short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is what? It's death, isn't it? So, oh, it's a, it's a blessing. Uh, how can you measure that blessing? <laughs> it's so great. But another, I think a companion passage to that is Second Corinthians chapter five. If you look over there, he's talking about uh, being reconciled to God. Uh, Verse 17, he says, If anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, notice this, not imputing 
not imputing their trespasses to them. I like that. Not imputing their trespasses to them. In other words, those that are reconciled to God, they've been justified, reconciled to God. And God, when we sin, if we confess that sin, we've broken our hearts when we do sin, what's God God going to do that? He's not going to put it down to our account. When David, what sins did he commit? Adultery? Murder? How could David write this? Well, this passage that we're reading here in Romans chapter 4 and in Psalm chapter 32. David said, until he confessed his sin, as long as he was not confessing that sin, he was a miserable dude in Psalm 32. I mean, he had, this is like a desert place. But when he confessed his sin, did not hide it from God, but confessed it, what happened? Psalm 51, he pleads with God in his prayer. Have mercy on me. Blot out my sin. Create within me a clean heart. All these things he's crying out for God to do. Now we find out in Psalm chapter 32 that David pronounces a blessing upon whom? I believe he's pronouncing blessing upon himself. I think he's saying I'm a blessed man. Right? How's he blessed? Well, God, what did he do with his sin? He put his trust in God, confessed his sin, and God did what? Exactly what he says he did there in Romans chapter 4. Covered his sins, forgave his sins, and did not, what did he say? Did not put that down to his account. Do you think David's got that record today in the eyes of God? God's going to hold that against him? And when our sins are not imputed, what does God do? If, if we sin in 1 John chapter 1 and 2, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, the truth's not in us. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin, but if any man sin, do we have a solution to that? Absolutely. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins, but not to ours only, but also the whole world. So God has made it possible for us as sinners, when we're without Christ, we're alienated from God, we're lost eternally under the wrath of God. But God has made it possible that we can be justified through Jesus Christ. Through his blood, through his life, and by the grace of God. And he does it through his reservation. Completely. Romans chapter 5, he took it on himself. When we were yet weak in due season, Christ died for whom? For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perventure for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God commends his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, what did Christ do? He died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, shall we be saved from the wrath of God through Him. If that's not good news, I don't know what is. Any comments?
Uh, okay, I, I've got enough. I think of enough on that right now. I want to run through these <laughs> these things. We've got a few more minutes, very briefly. And if anybody wants to, we'll come back to them sometime later. First of all, not only are our sins forgiven, our iniquities forgiven, our sins are covered. Our sins are not imputed if we're justified. But Romans 5 verse 1, we have what? Being therefore justified by faith, we have what? Peace. Peace. Peace with whom? Peace with God. What do you mean we got peace with God? Prior to, where was our standing with God? Enemies, right? Look at Romans chapter 5. Uh, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were st- all still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For when we were, what? Underline the word. While we were enemies. We're not friends. We made ourselves enemies with God by the lives that we were living. Without Christ, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. So, now, we're no longer enemies, but what? When Abraham was justified, he was called what? Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, according to the book of James. And it was, or he was called the friend of God. (laughs) The friend of God. And everyone that's been justified is a friend of God. Okay? No longer an enemy, but a friend. And if you're a friend, you got peace, right? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Any comments? Romans 3 24, Romans 5, verse 2. Look at 5 2. Another blessing that we've got. We've got continual access into God's grace. How important is that to us as children of God? Through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, what do we do? Who we, what do we rely upon when we are in need? When we are faced with sin or, or temptation or whatever? Do we rely upon God? Do we rely upon His grace, His mercy? I put you guys to sleep. <laughs> How important is it that we <laughs> we have continual access to the grace of God? Do what? It's That's right. Let us therefore have boldness that we may enter into the throne of grace, that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us 
in time of need. I need God's grace to help me. The Apostle Paul needed God's grace, didn't he? He had the thorn of the flesh. How many times did he pray to God to move him? Three times. What was God's answer? My grace is what? Is sufficient for thee. God is able to make all grace abound unto you, that you have always all sufficiency in everything, may abound unto every good work. We need God's grace to enable us to work as we should as his people. It's all about him. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the thing that fills my heart with, with joy. It's knowing I cannot do it myself. I cannot live a perfect life. But thank God he counts me as though I do live a perfect life. I'm perfect in Christ, right? Without him, where am I? I'm lost. Right. We look at Paul, and we sometimes we want to, some people want to try to measure themselves by Paul, but Paul was a sinner just like the rest of us. And he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace that was bowed upon me was not found in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He contributed everything to God's grace, didn't he? Okay, thank you for your comments. Anybody else? Right. You know, and grace is not a cheap grace. We don't continue in sin that make grace may abound, do we? No, that's not our. That's not our. If that's our motive, motivation. Then we're, we're we got the wrong wrong attitude. You know, more grace we have, 
more we ought to, ought to despise and we say sin, try to live as close as we can to God, trying to please Him. I like what Paul says. He don't use the word, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I, I'm seeking to please Him. He says, he want, I want to be well-pleasing to Him. So it's always his aim to be well-pleasing to God, and that's what we as the children of God should want to do is be pleasing to Him and walk as close to Him as we possibly can. Yeah. Okay. I said I was going to run through these. Let me run through these real quickly. Okay. My time, I think, will be up. Here's some of the blessings. Sins are forgiven. Sins are covered. Sins are not imputed. We have peace with God. We have continual access into God's grace. Romans chapter 5, verse 2, we have the hope of glory. And I think, <laughs> I was looking over these things, and I could, I could make a sermon out of each one of these. But I can't, I'm not going to stay in this class that long. So um, anyway, <laughs> there's a hope of glory. Uh, you can look at that. I look at glory as being one aspect of it, being get, getting to heaven. Another aspect of it, I'm going, to have my, I'm, going to have, I'm going to receive that glorious body. It brings out in Philippians chapter 3, 20 and 21, that our, our old body of uh, dishonor or, is, is going to be transformed and is going to be conformed to the image of, of, of the likeness of his, of his son, of his glory. There's the gift of the Spirit. He brings out in Romans 5, verse 5, right? We have God's Spirit. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 9 to 11, if we don't have His Spirit, don't have the, the, the Holy Spirit, then we're none of His. We're the children of God by, by, by faith. And so He gives His Spirit to His children. Romans 5, verse 9, we're blessed by being saved from God's wrath. Romans 5, 10, and 11, we're blessed by being reconciled to God. Once, once we were enemies, but now we're friends. We're blessed by having a new life. Romans 6, 4 through 8, when we're baptized into Christ, we're raised up from the dead through the glory of the Father to walk in newness of life. We're set free from the slavery of sin. He brings that out over and over and over. We'll go back and look at some of these more in depth later on. But Romans 6, 6 and 7, 11, 17, 18, 22, so forth. Set free. That word free is used a lot in that, in that chapter. Uh, we're uh, blessed by having dominion over sin. Sin no longer has dominion over us. It no longer rules our lives. But now we've been set free from sin, and therefore... We're not ruled by sin, but we're ruled by Christ. He is our master. He's the one that rules our life. Um, we have um, Romans 6, verse 14. We're not under the law, but again, we're under grace. Romans 6, verse 9. Christ, <laughs> he has dominion over death. And since Christ has dominion over death, if we're in Christ, we also have dominion over death. Death no longer rules us because we know that once we die, if we die in Christ, then we pass from this life to the next. So we got blessing there. We're blessed by being the servants of God in righteousness, Romans 6, 13 through 22. We're blessed by being given eternal life, Romans 6, 23. 
We're blessed by being dead to and delivered from the law. He brings out in Romans 7. Of course, we were not under the law, but the Jews were. And so they were became dead to the law and delivered from the law. When they became uh, children of God, they were justified. Romans 7 verse 4 tells us we're married to Christ. Romans 7 verse 6, we serve in the newness of the Spirit. Romans 8 verse 1, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 2, we're freed from the law of sin and death. The law said if you sin you die. But we're free from that law because we're in Christ. We're blessed because we're the children of God. He brings out Romans 8, 14 through 23. We're blessed because we have the hope of the redemption of our body. One day that body's going to be resurrected and we're going to receive that new body and so what a blessing that will be. We're blessed because the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Romans 8, 26 and 27. We're blessed by <laughs> all things working together for our good. God says everything will work together for the good of those that love Him. We're blessed because God is for us, not against us. He proved that by the fact that He spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. We're blessed because God has freely given us all things. Romans 8, 31-32. And we're blessed because no charge can be laid against us. Romans 8, verse 33, and no charge can stand against us because we've been justified. Romans 8, verse 34, we're blessed by the fact that Jesus intercedes for us as well as the Holy Spirit. We're blessed knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we're blessed by knowing that we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You might be able to add to that list, but those are the things I, I came up with there in the book of Romans that reveal to us the blessings that we have as a result of being justified. Always got to be vigilant, haven't we? Always got to be aware of what Satan is trying to do to us. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he does devour a lot of Christians too, doesn't he? Because they fall back. Anybody got any comments? I ran through those real quickly. No, don't want to do that. David. I don't, I, because we can't even fathom. I know. And that's what, that's, that's, as Max alluded to, 
wonder of it all, I say, nice try, but you didn't even get close. I know. There you go. <laughs> I just want to say, I, I, this, this list is not complete. I mean, this is just right here in the book of Romans, you know, up through, up through chapter 8. I didn't even touch on the fact that in, that, in, in Romans chapter 2, 28 and 29, you know, we, a blessing that we've got is that, that we are in covenant relationship with God because he says he's not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, circ- circumcision outward in the flesh, but he's a Jew who's one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart. Think about that a moment. <laughs> what will circumcision sign up? Because of a covenant relationship with God, right? What? It comes all the way down to the point of, I have you with the blood. Absolutely. Oh, you get in Ephesians chapter 2 and just start, you know, chapter 1 and chapter 2 and just start adding up the, up the blessings. It's just innumerable, the blessings that we have in Christ. Staggers my mind. But that's the reason I did this because, you know, it helps me to realize just how much God has done for me and how blessed I am. But anyway, (laughs) I ran through those. I got thinking about it. I thought, well, if I go through each one of those and discuss each one of those, I'll be in here for two years. But I would like to go back and maybe highlight a few of those. And any that you guys would like to discuss, I'll bring it up. If you'd like to discuss it, we'll discuss it. But uh, we'll carve out a couple of years. How <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we're going. You know, we're going to get into that too. You know, I mean. You know, and we're going to be looking at the life that God has called the justified people to live. And I got a list about that long I read this morning (laughs) on that, the justified life, how we live. That's one of them, isn't it? It's a life of sacrifice. Yeah, you got a whole bunch in there, haven't you? Yeah, okay. All right, my time's up. I thought I don't get very far. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you got something out of class today. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's it's good to be here and be good to share what little I know with you. Stuff that you already know but remind you of. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>